0: Welcome to the Social Propertypreneur Podcast. And here is your host, social media queen, property investor, and entrepreneur, Laura Muse. Hi, everybody. Laura Muse here. And today I'm with the fabulous Ellie Mackay. Say hello. Hi, everyone. So, Ellie's been kind enough of to give up some time this afternoon to come and speak to you all about LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn. Ellie has got some incredible results. How, much, how many millions have you raised through LinkedIn?
1: Last year it was 4 million, so it was very similar. Laura and I had very similar paths last year for different platforms, didn't we? Like, I, I, could, I couldn't get my head around Facebook, and <laughs> you couldn't get your head around LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, I still can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Ellie's going to walk through kind of how she's built up her profile, how you can do it too, the benefits of using LinkedIn. So, I think the stats are about it's got 39% of millionaires on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, whereas obviously Facebook's not that kind of platform. So over to you, Molly. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, LinkedIn for me, the
1: power of LinkedIn. It's still a platform that I think's massively underutilised. Um, it's been an absolute game changer for us, and let me tell you how we kind of went about cultivating it because I'm imagining like a lot of you guys starting out, uh, we, we didn't have a track record. Uh, and what from, what from what I see of, of Facebook, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more sort of video walk-rounds. There's a lot more sort of showing your social proof. Whereas with LinkedIn, because the platform tends to prefer um, ri- written text, written content, it's a lot easier to, to start with no track record and, and build up a, a sort of organic following. Um, and to do that, it's just a case of always being honest and always being authentic, as, as you should be on any platform, but coming at it from a place of preeminent authority... Oh, hang on, we're having some tech- <laughs> <few little> technical technical <laughs> problems. Um, so Wellington now I've got over thirty thousand followers, and last year, last year alone, we raised about four million pounds in investor finance. Which, granted, isn't as impressive as it sounds. If you've, it would be if they were all fixed return clients. You know, a lot of those that could just be one HMO, ready made HMO for someone. So, so in terms of money in the bank, I've still got a long a long way to go in terms of what I want to achieve achieve from that platform. Um, but the power of it's absolutely second to none. Um, just yesterday, I've been sent three off market properties from LinkedIn. I've been sent land opportunities. Uh, and it's the wider brand presence as well for all social media because people need to like, know and trust you. Um, and opportunities come off the back of it. Opportunities to go and speak on stage. Uh, opportunities to go and do podcasts with like uh, the <laughs> lovely Laura and, and lots of, <laughs> lots of other people. So. The thing about LinkedIn, we've found that yes, you want to give industry specific content. Yes, you want to let people know who you are and what you do. But actually, I would say 90% of the content I put out on LinkedIn is very generalist. Um, People don't want to be educated. Uh, People like to be entertained. Um, and it's a case of bringing them in to your your shop window, making your you sure your shop window's already um, set up and ready for business. Can I just ask out of the people that are watching at the moment? Who have you have actually got a LinkedIn account at the moment? Let's Just have a look. We've we got any way of seeing who's on, Laura. <laughs>
0: put in the comments.
1: Yeah, can you, can you put in the comments who you are and whether or not you've got a LinkedIn profile, please? Um, because the whole skill behind LinkedIn is is to make the general public into fans and followers by being a generalist. So a lot a lot of my content is story based, it's entertaining, and then you might just throw in the odd the odd comment like, "Boom! Just secured three off market properties for one of my London based investors. And um, you know, ten percent yield. You don't get returns like that down south." No pitching, no DM me for more information. But off the back of that, you tend to find your inbox gets absolutely flooded.
0: Maybe 50-50, actually. We've got some people do, some people don't. Some people have one, but they don't use it. So, yeah, you're going to find this really helpful, definitely.
1: So first thing, guys, connect with me on LinkedIn um, and, and have a bit of a nosy. Um, have a look at the sort of content I'm putting out there and it's very much test and measure so I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here but just the other day for example uh, Kira who works with us doing the marketing would spend a lot of time chopping up a video subtitling it, making it look all fancy put it out on LinkedIn we think it's fantastic, waiting for it to go viral and I think (laughs) it got about 30 likes and I was so pissed off I thought right I need to bang out another post just for my own ego really to try and get my engagement up and I put another post which was very generalist um, and it's got over 500 likes. So, as we know, likes don't equate to money in the bank, but it is one measure of whether or not your content is resonating with people. And if your content is resonating with people, and they start following you regularly, and they see what you do, then you're just building up that trust. Um, and what, what I found to start with, when we would book in our sales calls, or our discovery calls, or our strategy calls, whatever the hell you want to, whatever the hell you want to call them, um, it was almost like um, it was quite salesy quite pitchy on our part going into demonstrator mode whereas with the continuity of posted every single day for the last two years plus now when we do these calls it tends to be more of a foregone uh, conclusion uh, people know who we are they want to work with us specifically because to be honest with you um to be honest with oh hang on sorry dan's just asking do you think you need to subtitle your videos okay dan just just to answer that question we've only just started doing it recently now the statistic that i've read is that you're likely to get four times as much reach if you um if you subtitle them and the reason for that i know we're in a slightly different era at the moment with a lot of homeworking and stuff but a lot of people watch their videos when they're at work yeah. and they shouldn't be so <laughs> without those subtitles and um, i think you're you're diminishing your yeah you're diminishing your reach what I have noticed actually is that how many filler words I use, and when I'm when I'm going, when I'm going to subtitle them, I'm saying, like, I'm saying like about fifty times, like take that out, take that out.
0: It's not it's not where it was or. Was it,
1: um, um, <laughs> yeah, it's terrible watching them back, and and I've realized I realised that I start virtually every sentence with going, oh, it's really interesting, but and yeah. So I, I would say do it. We use one called. Um, And there's loads of them about. We use one, I think it's called Happy Scribe. And it's something like you pay something like a tenner for an hour's worth of of stuff. So if you've only got a five minute video that you're editing, you can potentially do quite a lot of those. So for example, with my Sunday series where they tend to be an hour plus, I'm not going to subtitle all of those. But when I'm breaking them down into clips and extracts for my social media, then they do get subtitled. So I think that's the the same whether it's whatever platform you're on. Um, as you guys know, um, the, with Facebook specifically, when you upload videos, the algorithms don't like it. They favor the lives, which is why I pretty much stayed away from Facebook, if I'm being honest, for all this time because I was petrified to lies, lies, (laughs) lies. Um, and actually, uh, in terms of the video topic, just while we're talking about that, I actually now think that lies are so much better, because good, bad, or indifferent, you have to just crack on with it, don't you, and um, if any of you follow me on Facebook, then I had a day last week when I was trying to record 45 second intro to my youtube channel and it, it 256 takes genuinely 256 takes now if you had to do that on a live you'd just bash it out and you'd move on and that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the rest of your day
0: so well, that's exactly the same for me like that's why it? i have to do lives otherwise it's 10 15 20 takes oh should i should have changed that word and i just we haven't got the time to do it and yeah. what i found i'm i don't know i don't know if this is what's always put me off linkedin um With Facebook, it's a little bit more raw and ready and people kind of accept and grow to like you for the, for the blips and the miss words or you might have, I don't know, dropped a little swear word in or whatever. And for me, that's what's built up my no like and trust. Whereas on LinkedIn, for me, it's a little bit of a different beast. It's, it's really interesting. And I think what Laura's saying is what a lot of
1: people think about LinkedIn. It's seen as the professional platform. And actually, I've done a few videos and posts specifically challenging this at the moment when I was chatting with, with Camilla and, and, and Liz and, and people like yourself. And it's the definition of professionalism, I think, is very much changing now because being a professional is about, as far as I'm concerned, it's being good at what you do. It's about being authentic. It's about turning up every single day, no matter what you've got in your going on in your purse Personal life or whatever yeah. whatever challenges that, that we all inevitably deal with but for me being a professional isn't being fully polished and it's not about speaking you know in the phone voice without the colloquialisms if that's even the <laughs> right word um people think that you can't swear on LinkedIn well I swear on LinkedIn all the time and it is like everything else it will repel the wrong people but it will attract the yeah. the right people and for quite a while I think with social media when you were just building your brand this isn't platform specific, but it takes a while to find out who you are and have the confidence to own that. And, and the best way to do it is to test and measure. So when I first started posting, I don't mind admitting, I was just copying and pasting stuff from Robert Kiyosaki's like, yeah. news feeds and stuff. I, I didn't know what to do. They're all deleted and things now. Um, and And so... A couple of different reasons why I think LinkedIn has got massive advantages to Facebook. When we started, we had no track record. But rather than lying about that track record, I tried to position myself as somebody with knowledge, as somebody with experience. You position yourself as having that preeminent authority, but it's kind of like the politicians do. You're never actually saying that you've done anything that you haven't done. So you need to be very, very careful. There's so much scrutiny on wealth creation and property investors and stuff like that at the moment, because there is unfortunately a lot of of sharks out there. So just be careful not to say anything that, you know, that that can catch you out. But with regards to to the LinkedIn stuff, it's very fascinating because... (sighs) We raised all of that money last year without posting one picture of our project. Now, that doesn't mean that when we've um, taken conversations offline, when we've met people in person, that we haven't taken them to our projects, that we haven't shown them, uh, you know, social, not social proof, proof of our deals and, and the sort of things that we're working on. But what I'm saying is in terms of attracting the investment in, in the first instance, that was done without without doing any lives or project walk rounds. That was out doing... I played about with it before. I played about with it on my husband's profile. We started putting some, some videos and stuff up that the videographer had done. Never had one inquiry. So I'm not saying that that doesn't work because I know lots of people that have put videos and things up and it has worked. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> just waving it <a> background,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but for LinkedIn specifically, yeah, so yeah, yeah. so of course, if we'd not had that track record, so our our first couple of deals we were just doing what a lot of people do, we were joint venturing with other people that were you know somebody was putting in one hundred percent of the funds we were we were doing the sweat equity, we were sort of sourcing the projects, project managing them, and what have you. But but by being that preeminent authority on on LinkedIn, that's how we attracted the investment. Um, and, and yeah, there there was a lot of swearing and things like that. So yeah, let me just get my, my notes up. But- I
0: think that's a really important point that you've just said, though. Obviously, from a Facebook point of view, a lot of people do. It's the perception that you have to have done loads of deals. You should be doing loads of deals. You should be showing yeah. people what you're doing. You should be walking around. That is what I do. And that's what's built up our business. Yeah. But I haven't done that on LinkedIn and I've not really put a lot of effort into LinkedIn. Yeah. And I think that's why people avoid it um, when they're just starting out because they don't have the social proof. But like what you've just said, actually, to position yourself as an expert in your, in your niche or in your field, you don't actually have to do that. You don't. And, and the thing is, so everyone's very, very different.
1: But my husband, Mark, he would have waited until we had done 10 projects before he started marketing ourselves. Whereas by the time we'd done 10 projects, we were already very, very established on LinkedIn and we already had that no like and trust element about us. And the other great thing about LinkedIn that you don't have on Facebook is you can specifically you, you can reverse engineer who your target audience is. So if you're looking for a classic investor for us, And everyone's all forms of property training. Some people are doing it without any training and what have you. But when I see people going out there and looking for investment, quite often it's within other people within the property sector. Uh, Whereas that's not what we do, because I think you're already fishing in a a saturated pond. With LinkedIn, you can target specific sectors. So we're we're obviously generalizing here, but industries where people earn a reasonable amount of money, but they they might be time poor, consultants, doctors, dentists you know, accountants, people that are earning a decent income that are likely to understand the benefits of investing in property and the returns that it can get. Um and, and you can target them through sales navigator so that you're you're engineering where your message goes out to and you're imprinting on the right people. Whereas with Facebook it's it's a case of on my Facebook account, it tends to be a lot of people that add me that are new into property, which is great, happy to help and support people, but they're not likely to be my avatar in terms of, in terms of raising the funds. So and I think it's about so even now, for example, because on LinkedIn, my target audience, they're not used to me sharing uh, projects and stuff like that. I, I played about this again. I'm always testing and measuring it. I've played about it a couple of because what works today won't necessarily work in six months. You've got to constantly evolve. So um, I thought, let's every Thursday, let's showcase one of our projects, what we've learned from it, blah, blah, blah. And and they just bombed my audience on LinkedIn. They're just not not interested in that. Whereas if we post them on Mark's LinkedIn, they tend to get a lot more traction. But again, very few inquiries. So, yeah, f- find your own, find your lane and don't be scared to to put your personality in because... People buy from people over companies. Um, I think most of us accept that now. If you look at Virgin, if you look at Tesla compared to Richard Branson, compared to Elon Musk. So people want to know um, what you're all about. Uh, in in the early days, I used to go out and deliberately try and sort of ruffle a few feathers. <laughs> um, it was that whole Grant Cardone money follows attention. I really bought into that and I, I'd sort of stir the pot with Brexit or whatever else and and that was fine if i am being honest it, it did work it got me attention we did get finance off the back of it but i think the longer that we've actually um the longer that we've actually got established on linkedin and what have you the more we've um would
0: it's funny because i know you obviously we've yeah. known each other quite a while and i know that's not your personality to do that yeah um so yeah it's interesting that you you felt well you feel you did that and it, I mean it works. It created you a massive
1: audience. It created me a huge audience. I think I've got over thirty thousand followers now on LinkedIn. But the other thing as well is this is gonna sound a little bit cheesy, but we talk about being authentic. Two years ago I was very different to, to yeah. how I am now. I was a lot more hard nosed right. with things. So I was definitely a lot more black and white. Whereas I think the more personal development and things that you do, yeah um, the more you change. So again it's been authentic. I've I've went and deleted posts that, that no longer reflect kind of who I am. So as long as you're being authentic to yourself. Um, but some little tips with LinkedIn, and it may sound very, very simple, but a lot of people don't put their account to, to a public setting. Make sure that when you're putting the content out there that you're doing that. Um, it's really important to ask for recommendations. So if you're at the very start of your property journey, uh, perhaps ask other people that are on on the same sort of training or on the same pathway to write something, something which they feel is genuine and unbiased. Um, which will give other people the confidence to work with you when when they look in, um, and make sure your personal profile's jacked. Um, you're welcome to have a look at mine at the moment. I'm actually um, in the the throes of rewriting the the sort of job role within Combined Property, uh, but a lot of people use LinkedIn as a CV, and that's not that's not what's needed. And if you worked at Burger King like I did when you were 16. Is it relevant. is it is it relevant? You know, um, just really focus on the the skills that you've got and the, and what have you that are relevant to what you're trying to achieve at the moment. Which for most people will be raising finance. Uh, make sure that you've got. So with your skills, you can endorse people. So make sure when you get to ninety nine on each of your skills that you you move them down and then put some new skills up. Again, it just helps people to to have that confidence. And I would say at the start, I think you can only add like a maximum of 50 people a day. So the, the more followers that you can get up in the first instance, the more credible you'll look. But I would advise you when you probably get to about the 15,000 mark to stop doing that and let people follow you organically um otherwise it it can affect your algorithms and things as well Uh, and i would say it's worth investing i think it's about 50 pounds a month on the um what's the linkedin premium about six months ago i decided it was a complete waste of money and i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna do it anymore and actually i think linkedin don't don't like that (laughs) For obvious reasons i've got no proof of this but i just know that my traction went down and my views went down so it's definitely worth bearing that in mind um
0: in regards to growing your following ellie obviously you say you got to uh, 1500 people and organically how was that is that because you were being consistent with the posting that you was doing yeah were the other tricks and tips that you were you could maybe help us with online because obviously you know i mean i think i've got about Four yeah. I've never really added anyone to mine. I mean, I set mine up years ago when I was in recruitment and it's yeah. just kind of over them years, people request you. I've never really worked on mine from that point of view. But like you were just saying, the profile itself, because you can be rated as like an all-star card all-star, yeah. and that type of thing. How have you gone from fifteen hundred to over thirty thousand because I mean that's just a massive number
1: I think if you've not got the LinkedIn gold, I think you can add fifty people a day I think it, it you can do more than that if you've got the premium right. and it's all to do with I've never actually been in LinkedIn jail it's to do with the acceptance <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> LinkedIn
1: jail yeah it, it's a big thing they'll they'll like freeze your account for a couple of days or, or for a couple of weeks even depending on how naughty you've been so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've always been a good girl but uh, I, I think having a good profile picture helps as well um, make sure that you've not got a picture of you with your other half or you with your kids or you with a group of people and you're not easily identifiable just a professional headshot so people know it's you um, I think when you have a professional headshot and, and this is going to sound a little bit sick i definitely think there's a higher click rate acceptance for for women as well Um, i don't know why that is but it's it's definitely something so make sure you've got a really good uh, profile picture Um, and if you find that if it tells you that you're out of invitations for the date just go back in and um withdraw some of your uh friend applications for the last two weeks or anyone that's been over two weeks so it's just a little tip, but I would say you need to keep adding um, and add the right sectors. It's very easy to do that. Just go dentist, accountant, whatever. Don't so do add
0: loads of other property investors and you go outside the the world you're in.
1: Yeah, because this is what everyone's doing, and I don't want loads of other property yeah. investors see my posts. I want accountants, I want solicitors, I want doctors, I want people that have got hundred grand plus sitting sitting in the nice getting fuck all. I want them to <laughs> to get you know get in touch with me and invest. And and this is what I do. I'll see people. People that come off of um like the, the the in the community I'm in, they come off of the training and th- I can see them. They're just going in and they're adding all my connections and they're completely missing a trick because you're you're then competing against people that are already established. Yeah. Build up your own following. Yeah. Try not to get loads of mutual connections with everyone else. I think I think people see, oh right, all these people have liked Delhi's post, therefore I'm gonna go in and, and add <laughs> those people, and it it, it it it's a bit crazy really. Um but I th- I th- another thing, another little point, and I don't think this is exclusive to LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if you found this a lot, but you've got your likers or you've got your lurkers. Yeah. And I've certainly had meetings with people that perhaps I otherwise wouldn't have, if they've consistently followed me on social media uh, without expectation. I'd like to think, but they've commented. They've been generally quite supportive of of my posts and things. It's a really good way of getting on people's radar and um, I, I don't mean that in an arse in sort of way because that does make me feel a little bit sick in my mouth but if there's somebody that you genuinely gravitate towards then then don't be a lurker uh, I, I've had people and I've used this example recently I've had a, a particular lady I've, I've actually spoken to her twice on two detailed occasions trying to support and help her with, with her social media um, you know, no, no charge for myself it just, wasn't me by, by the way, way. <laughs> <laughs> Watch her. Um, A brain picker. She's (laughs) a brain picker, and I do like to pay it forward, and whenever possible, I really try and help. But it was when it was when I got the the third approach for um for help, saying you're absolutely bossing it, you know, your stuff really inspirational. Um, can I pick your your brains again for the third time? And I just had a quick look through my posts, and she'd not liked or engaged on on one single one single one, and I kind of think. I think the, there's a place of expectations. So when you start out in any new plot platform, it's a case of, I would say this isn't just about social media, but just in general, think how you can serve other people. How can you get on other people's radar? Um, and I'm sure you're the same. If you have the same people commenting on your posts, you're going to have a little look in their profile and see who they are. Yeah,
0: I think... For, I think Facebook's for me. My experience of Facebook has been a little bit different. to obviously, what you've got on LinkedIn. So people who like and comment on my Facebook are friends, people I've met in out in the industry, or that type of person. Mm-hmm. Or obviously with the mentoring I do, um, they contact you via that that platform. But like you say, you know, they do take the mic with the free content they want. But my investors from Facebook have never liked or commented on anything. Yes. They have just watched to see if we've been consistent, to see how we've done as projects, when things have gone wrong, how we've overcome them. Yeah. And the ones that we work with now have said, the reason why we want to work with you is because we've seen you've done projects start to finish, when you've had issues, how you've overcome them. And that instills confidence in us that whatever projects we get, if we hit a bit of a speed hump, you can sort it out and we'll still be able to finish the project. Yeah. Um, which I think that's, it's different to LinkedIn in that respect is what I rightly or wrong No, my opinion
1: I, is. I, I fully agree. And I think it's such a valid point because when I think of the people who have actually committed and taken that next step with us on LinkedIn, um, the very, very, very rarely liked or engaged in the, the, it tends to be other property people that like and engage on your yeah. stuff, which is great. And you still want people to engage because I think if anyone goes into your shop window, which is your profile and sees you've got a load of posts with one or two likes on it, it does take away from your credi- yeah. credibility a little bit. Um, but it's to emphasize that point that the likes do not equate to, to the money in the bank. So if you do get a post that's got two likes and one's your husband and one's your mum, then <laughs> then delete it. Um, and personally as well, um, don't, uh, we, we take what we call the lighthouse approach on LinkedIn, which is... Taking that position of authority is delivering value. It's serving people, and it's not pitching. Um, I think everyone's sick to death of getting pitched at now. I think if we all come from a place, place of service and demonstrate our knowledge and our value, then that's that's the best way to do it. I've never private messaged anyone. I've never spammed their inbox to say, "Hey, we're property investors." You know, it's it's fairly apparent for anyone anyone <laughs> following our following our journey. So I think, I think that's quite important to know. Um, yeah. So think of your profile as your shop window. It needs to be set up appropriately, appropriately in a way that reflects you. Um, and make sure it's on a public profile so that other people can share your work. Um, and encourage people to go on, you know, in order to encourage people to go on your profile, it needs to be presentable. But you can also with LinkedIn, when you have the gold, you can see who's viewed your profile. And you can go back and imprint on them. So I would say to do this at the start, not when you get more established, but if people have been looking at your profile, then chances are they're interested in you or they've been interested in one of your posts. So they resonate with your content. So go and add them or just go and at least look at their profile so that they can potentially come back and, and add you. Um, and it, again, it's just making sure that the right people gravitate towards you. Or the same sort of thing, if you get people commenting on your posts, not trolling, yet. don't add them. <laughs> block. <laughs> block. My, my block list is insane. Actually, I think, I think that's worth um, yeah. worth probably discussing because you've probably had less trolls because of the nature of your content. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you're, how can anyone troll you for going to a house and delivering value and saying this is what's happened and this is our reverb and this is what we're going through? But on LinkedIn, because it's written content, even when you're not trying to be controversial, when you're having a voice and when you're coming from a, an authoritative um, standing point, then you will naturally attract hate. Uh, that, that happens. It's okay saying that it's water off a duck's back, but depending on what mind frame you're in, it can be it, it can be quite difficult and it, it's something that you need to be aware of. Uh, even just I did a post about, um, I've had to delete a few comments off of it, actually I did a post the other day about working from home and how the face of, of of offices are going to change in the future. Um, as a business, we're only going to have 50% of the office space that, that we had pre-COVID and, and sort of the benefits of a happier workforce working from home. And then you get people that just jump in. And it's okay to have a difference of opinion. That doesn't make you a troll. But you get people can be quite nasty with it. And, and the same because of selfish people like you, where the economy is going to be fucked and retail's <laughs> going to be fucked. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think it's because of me.
0: We personally,
1: COVID nineteen might have something to do with it. Um. So, so yeah, and and being consistent because at the start when I used to get a barrage of abuse, I would retreat for a couple of days, and you're just making it a lot harder for yourself. Because when you're consistent, people start to see your, your stuff. It appears on their newsfeed. And every time you withdraw, you're just making that a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And it takes that little bit longer to, build, it back to up. build up. And we can all be guilty of it. Because I think as entrepreneurs, we tend to go all guns blazing for so long, don't we? then it's like, ah, meltdown, need a break, need a break. I hate yeah. social media, you know. And
0: I have recently, I mean, you know, so... Yeah. The last five weeks I've found really, really difficult. I've taken myself off most of my social media profiles. You know, in lockdown, I was doing stuff every day, helping people with challenges, helping mm-hmm. people set up the profiles. And it's just, it can get to a point where, and then obviously with the amount of content you're putting out to help people, mm-hmm. naturally you get a lot of questions that come back. A lot of people wanting your time and, and you're taking time out of your business and your data to, to try and service them people. But... There comes a point where actually, you know, I love helping people as, as do you, but there comes a, a point of self-preservation, yeah. I think. And, yeah. you know, you do have to batten down the hatch and say, do you know what? I need to look after myself. I'm going to take myself away from it for a little bit because there's, for me, and I'm sure you get this as well, there's an expectation of the level of content and the quality that you're putting out. And, do you know, sometimes you just might not feel like doing it mm-hmm. and that's okay. That's yeah. absolutely fine. I think I think it's it's better you this
1: is and actually this is a really valid point because this is where the difficulty is if we're being brutally honest because you need to be consistent to feed the algorithms and to keep keep the your following up if you like but we all know that when we post just for the sake of it it's crap it's shit and you can tell um you, you'll be able to tell if you go back through either of our profiles i'm sure i mean for, for certainly for the, the kind of content right. i do i i know how to pull out a post usually from being a bit controversial if you if i had to think about it i could do a post just now on linkedin that would generate 500 likes right that's not necessarily inquiries or money in the bank but usually the more engagement the more people look viewing your profile which happens when you get a post a post that goes viral but so yeah you can bring people into your shop window but I don't want to be controversial all the time. And I can do content, like I mentioned earlier, where I do a, a brief video content, which will really, I feel, showcase who we are, what our values are, that kind of thing. And, and they can absolutely bomb. And that can be really disheartening. But But when you're just forcing out content for the sake of it, and you're not getting the engagement, then it, it it's a pointless exercise. Yeah. And um, I, I see people doing it; they're posting two or three times a day. And if the content's shite, then it's just you, you're just going like three three times
0: more of a. And also, I think it turns people off. Yeah. Um. You know, I know that I've been following people for a while, and then it gets to a point, and I'm seeing two, three, four videos a day. Yeah. And I'm lost like, I'm sick of seeing this same person, like, and. You know, you remove yourself from that circle. So yeah. I think there is a very fine line between creating great, consistent content and being overwhelming people and being too in people's face. A hundred percent, because I know like certain certain influencers I
1: follow when they're doing what I would call a moderate amount of content, still a lot. I think if they've done a video and I if I'm not able to see it live or whatever, I think making it oh, all come back and watch that. But then if it gets to if it gets to lunchtime and they've done three videos, I'm like ah, oh, there's just zero way I can possibly catch up on all three. So you end up not watching any. And and if you're somebody who doesn't post at all to go to posting three times a day, it's your audience isn't going to be expecting that. So I would say just, just build it up gradually and start off by doing one post a day. And I know you kind of pre-plan it with your content calendar as well, don't you? Um,
0: I'll be honest with you, I used to do. And I think that's where the pressure came for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I needed to sit down two days a month and plan out and do all my stuff on Canva and make mm-hmm. it all look professional. And actually, what for me personally, it's just not, how, it's not who I am. I mm-hmm. don't plan loads of content I never have done. Mm-hmm. So to be honest with you, I've gone back a little bit old school. I do more lives on site, on our projects, mm-hmm. off the cuff, yes. because that's what I enjoy. And yeah. I fell out of love with social media because I felt like I had to plan stuff all the time. Yeah. And that's just not me. Yes. So yes, I have pre-scheduled stuff um evergreen content as I call it so it's stuff that's got no time stamp on it I can reuse and reuse and reuse on my business pages but as in regards to my personal and especially this group you know you've all seen pre you know in this group I did I think I did three months worth every single day there was a post in that took me two days to do you know I don't have two days I want to spend time with my family that's why that's why I got into property for freedom and choice with my family So I used to, Mm -hmm. but not so much these days, if I'm being honest, because I just felt like I was putting too much pressure on myself. And if I weren't particularly creative that day, it was like pulling teeth. Yeah. So
1: it's, again, right, to reinforce everything Laura's just said, it's about being authentic. So... I just want to be clear as well, because I don't want to give the impression that videos of property walk rounds and things like that don't work on LinkedIn. I think the key is being authentic. That's the point, not about the videos. So Laura and I, we're friends. We joke about this kind of thing all the time because Laura is a lot more hands on. She uh, enjoys the process of the refurb. She knows what's happening. She understands the lingo. Um and for Laura to be on site pointing a camera at herself talking about some of the problems and stuff that the challenges have overcome, that you know just, just the, the usual stuff, um it it's great content and it's um that word again, it's authentic to Laura. Whereas because my heart is not in there, I think it took me quite a long time to sort of come to terms with this and and, and almost admit it because I did a joke. It was was sort of said tongue in cheek, but I don't like homes under the hammer. I'm not interested (laughs) in any of that. That's not me. It's not who I am. I enjoy marketing. I enjoy raising finance. I enjoy networking. I enjoy public speaking. I enjoy relationship building. I enjoy um, looking after certain members of the team. That's where my passion lies. But when I looked at um, Laura and a couple of other people that are particularly good at doing the videos, doing the walk rounds and attracting a lot of clients and a lot of investment from doing that. I, I do, it was like the shiny object syndrome, if you, if you like, you're looking at somebody else doing something, even though what I was doing was working on LinkedIn, I thought, well, can you imagine if I could do that on LinkedIn and on Facebook? And what I realised very quickly is my written content on LinkedIn, when I copy and paste it and put it on Facebook, it bombs, it's a different audience, it's a different avatar. So I thought, okay, to build up my Facebook, I need to start with the social proof, I need to demonstrate some of the projects that we're working on. And, and, you know, the other people do it, and they have huge amounts of success from it. And I took Kira. I think it was our first day last September. And we went around a couple of our projects, and I'm there going, you know,
0: this is a house you told me about this it's so it's
1: so true mark says it's like mark was crying well after when he saw this video which has been deleted i (laughs) I swear to god i was just like right so this is a house like we've bought it and um (laughs) as you can see it needs a bit of work doing and we're walking in the kitchen i'm like well the kitchen looks a bit shit at the moment but i think you know by the time we do stuff to it you know stuff it'll it'll be looking great and we go upstairs and I'd be like, I I, I, I he just put the
0: new camera, your battery ran out. That's the, internet, the thing I was laughing about, not not what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, Oh fuck me, stop so, fucking doing this. <laughs> so I was like, So we all need
1: to invest in Donny, Donny's a great place. Then my battery went, I'm like,
0: <laughs>
1: And there was a lag between my battery dying and the Facebook live ending <laughs> of about thirty seconds and it's me pointing the camera at the floor I'm, to, 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 to. So I'm there in my high heels and stuff in this shitty property like already furious that I was there and I was just like oh and now I've got like one person on the live I just felt so underappreciated so so it's that's not me because I don't my day-to-day job role within the business isn't doing that. if Mark were to do it and he hates being in front of the camera that would be different because he would be adding value he would be serving people he would be able to to talk people through a process as opposed to just randomly doing alive for the sake of it. So regardless of, of, of what your strategy and I think I want to give the reason I kind of emphasize this point with people is, is, is two two points. So firstly if you don't have the track record, don't let it stop you. Yeah? Um, and, and also if, if you've got a fear of videos, which yes in time I would encourage you to, to address because it's a brilliant way to speak to your audience. Um, but in the first instance, you know, if you want to get started and just get into social media without throwing yourself straight into a lion's den. There's other ways of doing it. You know, you can build yourself up through LinkedIn and LinkedIn with the written text. If you're somebody that's great at writing, but you just hate that,
0: which is not me. My spelling is atrocious.
1: Well, so is mine (laughs) as well. It's um, it's interesting. About uh, probably about a year ago, I decided to outsource my LinkedIn. I just got sick of the whole thing, and I was paying. I think it was like five hundred pound a month. I only did it for one month. It was for one post a day. Oh my god! One post a day, and that's just on one. That's just yeah, on one platform. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, the problem was, when About I was, you. they weren't me, so I was spending that much time rewriting them so that they reflected who I was, that um, it wasn't really saving me any time. But what I was going to say is you'll be able to tell if you look back because the grammar is absolutely spot on. Whereas I literally couldn't tell you what a semicolon does if you give me a million <laughs> pounds. I, I don't have a clue. And I, and I got an A for English, so I don't know how that slipped through the day. Um, but it, it's about building that loyal following. So as much as I'm not encouraging anyone to, to go out and be controversial either, I think you, you can't be a wallflower on social media. So if you do have an opinion, feel free to, to air it. Because if you're thinking something, chances are somebody else is thinking it as well. And it's, um, what is it? Liz says it's like, it's really cheesy, but, um, if you put out your authentic vibe, you get the right tribe or something. Yeah, so but
0: if you if you are yourself, you're going to attract them people who are mag- magnetic to you and your personality. You don't want want to attract everybody, yeah, because that's then good. You're not going to build a relationship with them no. because they're not right for you and your business. Yeah, so, yeah, I completely agree. And
1: that. and it's remembering why you're doing it because I see so much ego on social social media. It's not about being the the, the biggest influencer. I mean, that's fine if you want to build your brand. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to build my brand through my YouTube channel and stuff like that as well and we're going to launch a podcast. That's all great, but it's almost separate. LinkedIn is predominantly for raising investment. So all your posts, really, you need to keep that in mind. Who is your avatar? Who are you trying to speak to? You need to try and solve their problem. What problem is it they've got that you need to solve? And if that's a very busy working professional, their problem is that they're not earning any interest on on their money. You know, they were likely to go into negative interest at some point. So, and it's asking, answering, without them having to ask, Their, their objections, when that might be around, they want to know, are you trustworthy? Are they going to get their money back? What kind of security do they get on their investments? what kind of returns are you likely to do what kind of products or services do you offer and there's lots of clever ways of doing that um so so
0: so. seeding a lot of (laughs) seed
1: yeah exactly seeding i mean i very generally so when i do do my calls to action i generally get my calls to action um my inbox tends to get flooded and then after about a week or so i delete them so that anyone checking my profile, it's not full of calls to action. So I'm not saying I don't do them, but it's it's also done in a way where I would perhaps post a picture of um, one of our projects. Oh, that's another project over the line. One of our overseas investors um, has just got a 7.5% return on their money or what have you uh, over a two year period. And, isn't it great that we can facilitate this kind of, that we don't let, you know, the ocean or the
0: ocean? The ocean. <laughs> the ocean gets, fucking the Distance between that. us. <laughs> we'll not let
1: the sea get in the way of a good deal. So uh, yeah, I, I, and with regards to the hairs, the trolls—if if it's just a difference of opinion, engage by all means. You know, I think it's important to to give everyone a platform. But but at the same time, if you get anyone that's that's just abusive, then then just block them. It's
0: funny actually. One of my best posts on LinkedIn ever was I did a picture of our new build site as yeah. they'd started to take down the scaffolding. I never, genuinely never thought anything about it. And obviously I normally post on Facebook. Yeah. Put it on LinkedIn. Wow. I got over five thousand views. Like wow. literally within a day. I couldn't believe it. But I just got a barrage of abuse from people who were scaffolders like, that's someone safe. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it's been taken down. But well, you didn't put that in your post? And we're like, oh, okay, I'm just saying, you know, they're up. <laughs> yeah. Oh <I> are <was> passing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's um I think the quick to comment negatively more yes. on LinkedIn than they are on Facebook oh, from personal experience. Yes, yeah,
1: very much so. Yeah. So make make sure you're compliant. We, we had one, I think it was on Mark's profile. It was just a, it, the, it was just a kitchen. The kitchen had been done. It was nice, you know, decent. It's never going to be top of the range. It's for like a 80 grand semi-detached and Donnie, you know, and, and somebody said, oh, you clearly not had a kitchen designer. And I'm like... Houghtons have
0: designed
1: this. I just don't know what people's expectations are. But I, I, again, you know, the people that are commenting, they're not your avatar. They're not likely to be engaging. So, so, so focus on what's the psychology of the person you're trying to speak to? What problems have they got? Um, what objections are they likely to have? And what can you do to serve them and to help them? Uh, once your profile's up and running, uh, add people. Make sure you stand out from the crowd. So yeah, by by all means, look at what other people are doing that's successful. Take the best bits, but put your own stamp on it. Don't just regurgitate. Uh, don't just say you're a proper investment strategist like the other 99 million people out there. DM me for more information. You know, it it just gets a little bit tiring. Um, so yeah, Sales Navigator is a really good tool if you use it if you use it properly. Um, So as a a self-proclaimed authority in your field, you need to carry yourself with knowledge, um, share your passion, share the... Laura mentioned a good point earlier as well, because it's not all plain sailing and property. Share the lows as well as the highs. People are sick to death of this Instagram era. Yeah, it is. And and again, I know because because of the nature of what you do in social media, you'll share numbers and things like that. I don't do that only because... I think sometimes it's misleading in the sense that, yes, yeah, you might make 20 grand profit from a flip, but how many staff have you got? How many office rates and this and that and personal development and mentorship and stuff? It can be a very one dimensional view of, of property. It's not just get rich quick. There's loads of. Oh, God, of... definitely not. <laughs> get rich quick. <laughs> people love you to share the struggles but wait until you've overcome them i would say wait, wait until you've got the and this is what we did to solve it because ultimately if you're trying to get money off of people you don't want to be like shit how do i deal with this it wants to be a case of look this project's been an absolutely and that's a really
0: good point be mindful when you're trying to position yourself of the things you are saying so for example what ellie's just said if we had a problem you know with one of our properties or the new build or whatever and we've had loads of problems with this new build project Not once would we ever go on social media and go, shit, we've got this really big problem. Can anyone help me? Like, that's just not the right perception. That's just not what you should be giving out to people. You know, that new build is funded by a private investor. The last thing you'd want to see on social media was going, shit, there's a problem. Uh, Can anyone help me? Has anyone got any advice? Because, you know, you should have your power team in place to overcome them issues. Um, And I think that's a really important uh, point that you've just brought up. Yeah, definitely. It's real life, isn't it?
1: Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing I can say is authenticity and consistency. Uh, put out some original content, have a play about with it. It's very different to Facebook. Um, see what works, test and measure. Find a few people that you resonate with, follow them, engage with them, go all in. Um, I would say unfollow the rest of people, it can be quite unhelpful. Um, regardless of what the the social platform, I think we've all fallen into the trap of comparing ourselves to other people. Um, Why am I not doing that? Well, classic, when I started doing the Facebook lives, I was looking at Camilla and Laura and other people absolutely smashing it, thinking, oh, I should be doing that. And and actually what happens is you take your focus away from the area that you are good at, which in my case was LinkedIn. And what I was doing was working. But when you start trying to climb up two mountains at a time, um, it's... no. Definitely, I completely agree. I have to completely agree. But there's, there's a lot of money on LinkedIn. Four million last year alone. Uh, I know somebody else in my community has just raised two million, and that was in lockdown. Um, I've got another a, another good friend of mine, she's on course to, if it goes through next Tuesday, she's she's on course to like raise 200 million. Like it's incredible. In, it's absolutely, I know firsthand millionaires, multi-millionaires and billionaires that are on there. So that's statistic. I've not heard that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it absolutely does I think
0: it's
1: 39%. I think it's 39%. Whereas Facebook, I mean, again, we've all got, I think every platform is very powerful. And it's, so I've, my, I focus on LinkedIn and I've got myself to a decent position in LinkedIn. And then I started putting my attentions on Facebook and now I'm building up my Facebook. And now that's getting to a certain point. I'm slowly moving on to YouTube and then I'm going to start building up my YouTube. And then once I've got that to where it wants to be, I'll start the podcast. And then when I've got that to where I want to be, then I will start the Instagram. So I know Grant Cardone and lots of other people say just go all in, just 10x it. But I would rather, uh, you know, you don't want to be a jack of all trades, master of none. I think you have to go quite deep on these platforms. And to get the level of understanding, I'm I'm giving you a high level overview here, but to get the level of understanding I've got of LinkedIn, it was very consuming. You know, I I spent a lot of time on it. Um, So I'm saying I'm the lighthouse that people were coming towards me. But I was like, I was keeping a a track of absolutely everything. Um, Because you're learning social media is, it's a skill it's a job in itself it's a job in itself it? Definitely. it is a job in itself and both our partners both James and Mark <laughs> they're at first they were a bit like they thought we were just fanning about a bit didn't they they didn't they didn't I think really... James
0: still thinks I am <laughs> Well, I,
1: I think it was at the point where you got four million off of Facebook last year and I got four million. They're like, oh, maybe there's social media. Yeah, and and, this know, messing
0: about. Is not too bad. This, this, this <laughs> fannying about
1: on Facebook is uh, not, not too bad after all, is it? So,
0: But, but um, you had to put a lot of time and attention into doing that. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: It's a job, like you said. And like you just clearly pointed out, you know, concentrate on one so you get really good and you build yeah. a following and then move on to something else. But you mm-hmm. still need to maintain the original platform you created your profile on. Yeah. Um, You know, I do bits on LinkedIn. I do bits on Instagram. But my primary is Facebook. I do, you know, YouTube. I've got the podcast. But it's time. Mm -hmm. And it's very time consuming if you want to do it right. You know, I've just taken someone on to sort of do my YouTube because all I've been doing for the last 18 months is randomly uploading loads of videos. But that's obviously like, that's not how I want to be perceived. Oh, she's got a great LinkedIn. She's got a great Facebook. I've actually a YouTube channel shit. Yeah. And it's that consistency. You've got to be congruent throughout all of your profiles. Yeah. And whether it's a business page, a LinkedIn page or your personal profile, like, you, you know, your cover picture, your profile picture, they've all got to be congruent to give that professional image that you, you know, you're putting out there to be a go to person. And I think as well, I was perhaps a little bit naive when I set up my
1: YouTube channel because you know I've got got such a big following on LinkedIn. I'm starting to get a bit of a bit more of a following on Facebook, and then it's like, right, guys, guess what? Ooh, YouTube channel's up and running. I've got like fifty subscribers. I know half of them. No, are, half fair. half of them are my family. You know? so, <laughs> I, 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 I definitely think you you have to remove your ego, and and it's starting from scratch, and that is exciting. But I'm going to have to go. Deep with YouTube because there will be so much that is just native to YouTube that's just not applicable for everything else, and they've all got their little tricks with the hashtags and 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 everything else. So, and this is just a bit of a high level overview, but all I can say is, just this week alone, we've got access to three off market properties, all of which look like they could be deals just from LinkedIn. It's not just about raising finance; it's great for general brand building. It's still great for the like, known, the trust. It's a long term game. There's a lot of lurkers who don't like this stuff, virtually all of the people that do reach out to do it. Um, and and it's a really exciting platform. I still think it's massively underutilised because people are scared of it. People do think that it's you've got to be a lot more polished. And all I'd say is I, I'm not polished, I'm I'm very much like this now. I swear I've got shit grammar <laughs> and, and I'm a feisty scot. And take that off, but you know what? It's working so. And if anyone's got any other questions after this, then feel free to connect with me on Facebook or LinkedIn. Drop me a message. I'm not selling any courses or anything like that, (laughs) but I'm happy to share my experiences. I've done a little PDF if anyone wants me to to email it over to them. That's not a problem. It's just a a PowerPoint presentation that I did for, for something else that Laura and I put together. So by all means, reach out and I'm happy to ask more specific questions or review anyone's profile and give you some feedback if that would be of benefit.
0: Well, Ellie, thank you so much for your time. That was massively valuable to me and I'm sure everybody who's been watching. Um, So, yeah, thank you, Ellie. And uh, we'll catch you all soon. Bye.